Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Brian, with my co-host, Ben Brandell, and today's episode is all about boating etiquette. You know, Ben, you and I try to spend as much time on the water as we can. We love being out there, and over the years, we've experienced a lot of different situations, and while we were out earlier this week, some things happened, and we thought, you know what? We ought to do a a podcast, maybe kind of a PSA It is the summer. People are spending time on the water. Let's talk about the way we should be behaving when we're operating a boat. Yeah, and I'm going to state that you and I are not highway patrol. We are not. Well, your uncle is. (laughs) That's that's true. Yeah, I've got some family members that have definitely spent time doing uh, some of those roles. But for us, you know, we are are not enforcers and we are not creators of the rules either. (laughs) I'm here to tell you a lot of what I'm going to be talking about may not even be rules. It's just going to be common courtesy, things that we should be doing to be considerate of others and things others should be doing to be considerate of us. But before we get into all the details, all the rules, all the laws, we need to give thanks. I want to thank anyone and everyone that has either contacted Meant to Be Outdoors, has paid us to come out and do in-person programs, has had interest in really hiring us for like contracting, um, or has listened to, downloaded, or helped us out with podcasts. So, you know, Meant to Be Outdoors, we do podcasts, we do in-person programs, and we also um, do some contracting work. And so really want to thank everyone that has listened or helped us out. We just, we could not do what we're doing without you. Um, So thank you. I want to thank parents out there, particularly the parents that trust us with their children. We are in the the middle of summer and wrapping up summer camps for the year, and they sign their kids up. Not only do they trust us, but they pay money to trust us, and we teach some things um, that in some parts of our country and our world could be considered controversial, meaning we teach hunting, we teach fishing, things that people are not necessarily always on board with. We teach survival. We even teach programs where we give kids knives. Mm -hmm. We teach them how to make fires. And so many parents are so trusting with their children to us. And uh, I consider it an honor uh, to have that trust put on us to educate their children. So thank you to all the parents that sign their kids up for our camps and programs. You know what, Brian? Maybe they didn't know, and now they do. So, <laughs> so hey, but we're we're very thankful oh, that they still sign them up. They thought they were signing them up for cooking camp or something? Yeah, yeah oh, like water okay. slides, water sport, you know, just out playing in, with a hose. But I might have just you stuck may, a fork in us. So. <laughs> you may have, yeah. Yeah, put a knife in us. <laughs> we're done. Yeah, but, well, let's get talking about this boating thing, you know. If you go on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, any place that, that there's videos in, in today's environment, you will see if the logarithm is, is pushing boating videos to you or, or fishing videos, yeah. you are going to see interactions between people that own docks and, and boats, between fishermen fighting over spots. And just to be candid and honest, it is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing, and most of the time, both people are wrong. Somebody could have taken the higher road, and people are posting these things almost in a almost in a way of like wanting this affirmation of that 
you handled that so awesome. Great job. But I'll be honest, I, very few do I see, and I'm like, yeah, that's the way it should have went down. Yeah, there's there's three videos going around that I've been seeing a lot. The first video is turned down for what? The second video is the larger, it's like this huge boat that is just heading towards this small boat and everybody having to jump out because they're getting hit. And third is these interactions between, yeah, fishermen and their fishing holes. Right. And and so the first one being turned down for what? That is a, <laughs> it's actually hysterical, but very sad. Uh, there's a, the ending. I've heard some the stories afterwards, but basically this really fast, super fast boat. And this guy's got it cranked down and he basically loses control. But in the process, everyone in the boat is like, <laughs> can't even stand up because of the G's. They're, they're slammed to the bottom of the boat. And when the boat comes to, like, everyone's like, what? just happened which is nonsense right it, that is a, that's an older video yeah. every summer that video gets tossed yes. around they actually happened yes. on lake of the ozark it did yeah yeah here in missouri here in missouri that happened on lake of the ozark which is about i don't know three three and a half hours from where we're at now um it's a crazy busy lake and yeah. lots of lots of accidents happen all the time people actually got injured in that they did uh nobody died but it does get more serious than that some of the things we're going to be talking about Messing up and not following these does result in deaths each year. We're going to be sharing some of those numbers. Some of it is just simple respect. So here's why we want to even talk about this topic. Right now, it's June, middle of summer, heading into big holidays, 4th of July, Labor Day coming up at the end of the summer and beginning of fall. The waterways are busier than ever. I mean, they really are. Not even just because it's the holidays in the summer, but the lakes that we go out on, Ben, our memories of what they were like in, when we were children and what they're like now are night and day. Right. I mean, they're right. so much more busier. I cannot even take my small fishing boat out and fish on the weekends like I used to because it's too too busy and too unsafe. In, in the lake. The lake. Yes. In right. the lake. You, you just can't. Uh, even parts of some of the rivers where, where paddling and floating is so popular here in Missouri, there are stretches of those rivers that nobody used to float. And now if you go on a weekend... Good luck getting a cast in because everybody is out there. And that's great. I love that people are spending time outdoors, but it begs for even more education to make sure that people are doing it safely. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about even, even let's just say 10 years ago, you could take a jet boat upriver and sometimes really see anybody. Now, when you're talking about floating, there are people in inner tubes that don't even have paddling devices that are literally floating. We have stretches, a two mile stretch on some of our local waterways where um, people pay to go what's called tubing or we call floating where a company takes them two miles upriver, lets them get out, get an inner tube and they float all the way down back to the spot. And that is okay. Like that is a fun outdoor recreational activity. However, it does limit and is kind of scary whenever someone's coming up river in a jet boat because are they paying attention are the people in the in the inner tubes even paying attention so there is so much going on here from from our creeks to our rivers and now into our lakes and when brian says it's busy you used to be able to go to a point like a point and fish and then go to another point and fish and it seems like now a lot of our point like there is someone in your fishing spot or here we go again. Is it my fishing oh, spot, right? It now, huh? Is it my fishing yeah, spot? Yeah, yeah. But but it's crazy because you used to have fishing spots where people wouldn't be in, and now there are just so many people right. fishing everywhere. Well, 
people have more access and more ways to be on the water than ever before. When I was a kid growing up, you didn't hardly see kayaks. Now everybody has kayaks. They're yeah. affordable. They're easy to get. You can rent them. Most of our lakes, you can go to them and rent a boat. Decently affordable. There's just so much access to people who what I, I would consider non-boaters, meaning they don't own a boat. They've been on a boat maybe. But now in today's climate, they can go get some kind of vessel and get on the water in a day's time. And there's so much access and not enough education, in my opinion, and it leads to dangerous things. And we see and hear reports of dangerous, unsafe things happening, tragedy happening every year. And so that's why we really want to do this episode about boating etiquette. And if we're going to talk about etiquette, we probably should start with the rules. Mm -hmm. There are rules for your state. There are federal laws and rules. So let's take a look at what some of those laws and rules say. Yeah, Brian, one of the first things that comes to mind um, in boater safety is really collisions. That seems to be like like the number one thing. Because you were talking earlier about um, things happening that, that causes death. And so you even have really harm that can happen even up to death, like uh, damage of property, um, you know, severe injuries that's going to cause people having to go to the hospital to, to then, yes, even the worst thing, which is death. So you have all kinds of, th- all kinds of things happening on, on the lake uh, constantly. So when we're talking about collision, two boats that are out on the water, they're driving right at each other, that mm-hmm. seems to be... Yeah, boats don't have seatbelts, Ben. Right. <laughs> yeah, they don't. And so who goes which way? And is that a law? And are you even supposed well, to go? you stay on your side of the line and I'll stay on mine. What if I need to go crisscross and go the other way? No, though? no, no. You stay on your side. That would be nice if people did that. Right. But it seems, too, that they don't. Like, Well, where's the line? Well, it's almost like the Wild Wild West. Like, it's going to be who's going to... It's almost like chicken. I'm going to say it that way. There's... <laughs> It's just like two boats are coming at each other, and it's kind of like, well, I hope that that person knows that they're supposed to go right or stay right. So are they? And if they don't, then you have to be prepared to do the opposite of what they're doing, mm-hmm. which that's where it gets kind of dangerous and scary because in, in reality, both boats are supposed to stay to the right. That's it. One's not going to maintain its direction and not move. Both should be moving to the right out of the way. So if you are saying if if two watercraft are heading nose to nose right for each other and in a line, both should veer to the right and then everybody would pass safely. Yeah. On the starboard side. Let's get technical. Yeah. So when you're in a vessel in a boat, when you're standing in it, uh, let's say that you're standing or you're sitting behind the steering wheel. If you were to bend forwards, you're, you're bowing. That's going to help you to remember that the front of the boat is called the bow. And then behind you, the back of it's called the stern. And then on the driver's side of the boat where you're sitting is starboard, starboard. Oh, what if it's a center console? Well, that's kind of where this gets tricky. So starboard is always going to be on the right side when you're facing the bow. And then port is always going to be on the left when you're facing the bow. And so those never change no matter what direction the boat is going, it's always going to be or starboard. The type, no matter what boat you're in or what what direction the boat is facing, those don't change. Correct. And so 
starboard actually basically came from that was the the side you were steering on so that's where the whole name came from uh it means steering side basically so it's always going to be on the right side i know there's center consoles now <laughs> that, that kind of tricks people up so starboard port those are the ones you need to pay attention to and so you should always be when two vessels are coming at each other, you should always be moving starboard starboard yeah. side. And if everybody always did that, if everybody always gave way to the starboard side, there would be a lot less accidents. Correct. And this is something we see all the time, Ben. Particularly even when we're out in the week and mostly all that's out there are, are people fishing, so mostly just bass boats out there. I feel like so few people, I'm not going to... I was going to say so few people actually know this rule, but I feel like it's probably more so few people follow this rule. It is such a simple one to do, and it can really, really mitigate risk if everyone just goes right. And right correct. I feel like more times than not, people don't abide by it. Well, I mean, if, if you need to turn left or turn port, then you need to maybe do that after the boat passes mm -hmm. unless there are several hundred feet away well then of course make your quick turn and roll on but it just seems like when people and two are going at each other i have had people that have turned port so they've crossed in front of me to continue to go straight and that yeah. is a no-no like that's that's where the danger happens now it doesn't even seem logical why would you cross the path of danger to keep heading in in the same direction you could head without crossing the path yeah, of danger that, you're right i I can't answer that. You know, I will say that I, I probably even jumped ahead on the rule because there is a rule that's that's probably the most important, and that is what you need before you even go on the water. So if you are January 1st, 1984, if you are born before that date... Who can be driving is the question we're answering here. Who then, can be driving a boat? Right. Then you're good to, to go. But after that, January 1st, 1984, you do have to take a class and you have to pass a test and you have to get a card, your certificate, before you can even go and drive a boat on the waterway. And so mm -hmm. that really would be the first thing. If, if you're listening, and you're like, I don't know anything about boats. I, I want to go do it. That's the first thing you have to do before you can even worry about right. all the other stuff we're talking so if about. You are, if you are 38 years old or younger, you must pass a test and get a license before you can operate any kind of watercraft. I shouldn't say any kind, any kind of motorized, motorized. watercraft. You don't have to have it to paddle. And, and you were talking earlier about kayaks and how easily obtainable kayaks are. They're making them even affordable now that you can get kayaks with trolling motors on them, mm -hmm. which that increases risk because now people are going faster and feel like they can go into deeper, more open water as well. And so again, Make for sure that you are getting your boater's safety certificate. It's Missouri requires your boating. It's actually called boating education, and you'll get your Missouri boating license upon completion. You have to have that. And once you have it, you have to have it on you. When you are in the watercraft operating it, you have to have that with you. You have to have an ID with you as well. Uh, if you get stopped, they are going to ask to see both of those things. Uh, one, to make sure you are who you say you are, and two, that you're supposed to be behind uh, the wheel of that boat. Yeah, yeah, 
And that, and that kind of then leads to once you have taken that, then you actually should know the rules. You are going to learn all of the rules there are to learn. We're not going to cover all of those today. Goodness gracious, that would be... <laughs> it, it wasn't a fun day. I didn't enjoy it. I'll say that. I took it back. I think it was 2006. That's what's on my... Yeah, 2006 is when I took mine. They, they ask you stuff about the ocean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They get... Yeah, baby. It's, it covers it all. So... Um, but we just want to talk about some of the high-level stuff, some of the things that are rules that people are breaking, and then some of the things that really aren't rules is just really etiquette like right. that we should be doing. And so, again, you got to have that. And then knowing then really staying on the right side, staying on the starboard side of um, boats when you're when you're moving, it's so important. That's That would be the number one thing that I would share if that was all we could share. Yeah, and with your rules, it's, it's like so many other – uh, I should call them laws, but so many other laws in our country, you, you're going to have your federal boating mm-hmm. laws, and then each state is going to have their own set. Most states do reciprocate the boating licenses. So uh, if you have one in Missouri, I think you can pretty much go to any other state and operate, but you should probably take a pause. Say if I'm going to, uh, I'll say Arkansas, that's one state that we do go to and, and operate boats in. You should know the boating laws in Arkansas as well as in Missouri because they there may be some differences there and you don't want to you don't want to get in trouble or you don't want to make an unsafe situation. So there are federal laws, there are state laws. Ones that you really want to pay attention to, I think are speed and that can actually be based on the different body of water within your state. There mm-hmm. are some bodies of water that have different speeds. There are different speeds allowed for different times of day. I know in Missouri there is a speed limit at night. You can only go, I think, is it 30 miles an hour? Correct. You can only go 30 miles an hour at night, which for people in bass boats, I see them break this all the time. Now, I'm not out there with a radar gun, but while I'm driving 30 at night and getting past, I clearly know (laughs) that these people are driving faster than that. At night, there's no headlights on boats, people, and people are driving 40, 50, 60 miles an hour at night. Uh, Honestly, makes me mad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you're talking about lights. The the of a night, you are required to have lights on your boat. You're gonna have your your bow lights, and then you're gonna have your stern light. The light on your stern is gonna be white. That's the one that shows it's the back of the boat. And then you're gonna have your your bow lights, and and on port side's always gonna be red, and starboard's always gonna be green. And that lets all the other boat, boaters know like what direction you're traveling. I mean, that's that's what we look for and see. And and there's a lot of people that don't even have those in the boat literally sometimes the light bulbs don't even work the bulbs don't even work in them so mm-hmm. you got to make sure all that stuff is in your boat is rigged ready prepared before you even take out because um, it is your responsibility another law that i definitely want to touch on is life jackets mm. Ben, so many people don't wear their life jackets right and right. not everybody has to by law right correct i will say and this isn't a, a tooting on our horn because I didn't used to always wear a life jacket, but I do now. Uh, really, being a father is a husband and a father is what changed this for me. If our our big motor, if our outboard motor is on, mm-hmm. I wear my life jacket. If right. if we're putting the big motor on and we're moving and running, I wear my life jacket. And then once we turn that off and uh, stand up to fish, I take it off. But right. I am always wearing it while the boat's so, moving. Yeah, let's talk about the law on that. So the federal law is that you must carry a wearable. So there's a difference between a wearable and a throwable. Everyone must have a wearable in the boat. So 
if you're going to have four people in the boat, then you have to have four wearable, or I'm going to call them life jackets, in the boat for them. They do not have to have them on. They don't, but you have to have quick access to them. They can't be in the in a plastic container. They can't be in a locked or or just a closed lid console. Like They have to be out that someone can grab really, really quickly. Like That's the law. That's the rule. So you have to have one in there for everyone. And then if your boat is like uh, 16 foot basically or, or longer, then you have to have at least one throwable, like a seat cushion, like a... That's a throwable, something you're not wearing. So that is the law. That is what's required. You must have those in there. Now, like Brian's saying, I always wear my life jacket while we're on plane. Like while we're driving, um, when we're going fast, everyone in my boat will wear a life jacket while we're going fast. Once we stop and get to where we're going to go, we take it off. Now, some exceptions. I've been in pontoons before. And when we're doing about 15 to 20 miles an hour, maybe 25 in a pontoon, um, setting down in that cabin, um, I may not wear it at that moment, um, but it is required anytime that you're going to be pulled by the boat. If you're going to be on an inner tube, if you're going to ski, um, it is required that you wear a life vest at that point. Um, and then any any vehicle that could capsize really easy, like a kayak, a canoe, um, Personal watercraft. Personal watercraft. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're they're they really encourage you to definitely wear one at those times as well. So no, not encourage you. Uh, if you're if you're doing a personal watercraft, you have to have one on. It is it is law. And isn't there an age too, Ben? <coughs> People under a certain age must are required to wear one no matter what. Well, and I'm thinking that may just be state for state, but I know that children 13 years and under must wear a life jacket while life jacket while the boat is moving. Right. Um, you know, once you stop and you anchor off and you're in your pontoon, no, you the child doesn't have to wear it. However, if your child cannot swim, please, please there are life jackets today that are so much more comfortable than they used to be. The orange ones that go over the neck, they're terrible. They're awful. Nobody on, on planet Earth wants to wear one. So go buy a good one. And then they have them for children now that are comfortable, more comfortable than they've ever been. Your If your child cannot sw- swim, then they need to wear one. Go buy them one. Have them wear, wear one so that you guys can have a fun, safe trip. On the same track here as life jackets, Ben, there is a new federal law Mm. that if your boat or watercraft is equipped with an emergency cutoff switch, which in most things is a switch that has a lanyard on it that is red and you either connect it over your wrist or connect it to your life jacket or some piece of clothing. If your boat is equipped with that, you must have that attached to you while operating the boat. You must. And, And once the engine is shut off, you can unclip that. And I am so thankful that they made this a law, and I hope they crack down on it because it is so dangerous. Imagine if, you know, I I have hit trees in my boat before, and it, it is a scary thing. Mm-hmm. There are things and accidents that happen on the water that you can't foresee. It, that's why they call it an accident, I guess, but things happen out there, and if you were to get ejected at a high rate of speed, 40, 50, 60, 70 miles an hour, some of these boats go now. If you were to get ejected as the driver out of that boat and your boat turned and ran over you, Mm -hmm. it would kill you. Mm -hmm. If you didn't have your kill switch on and you got ejected out of the boat and your boat kept going 70 miles an hour, it could kill somebody else. Mm -hmm. Or 
just smash into somebody else's property. You need to have that kill switch on if you are operating your boat. It's one of the safest, easiest, best precautions you can take to limit fatal a fatality, to limit loss of life. Wear the kill switch so that the boat is no longer operable if the driver is not in it. Yeah, Brian, you're right. I mean, anytime that your boat is up on plane, um, even if even if your state didn't require that to be a law, you really should have that that ECOS, that engine cutoff switch. You definitely should have that because it takes half a second to clip on, and it and it just provides so much so much more safety. So um, I called it emergency cutoff switch, but yeah, I think it is engine cutoff switch. A lot of I've always just called it a kill switch. My, my whole that's life what we call, yeah yeah kill, kill switch. switch. Yeah. What, whatever it is, that's how a lot of boaters uh, call it that. Yeah, use it. It has to be used by law now, but definitely please use it because if the boater does fall out of the boat, the first thing that's going to happen is that wheel is going to turn mm-hmm. and that boat is going to come back at you. And if it doesn't, then it's going to be going at somebody else. So please, out of respect for yourself and, and everyone else, wear that kill switch and save a life. Absolutely. You know, some other some other rules, honestly, it's kind of you're supposed to know before you go, but um, you should know the buoys, what the buoys say, any signs that are out on the waterway, because a big one that we see a lot, and this is actually a rule, is the no-wake zones. And there are so many. It seems like nowadays with uh, nowadays with, with more and more boat traffic, it's like more and more docks, more and more marinas are putting out more and more signs, like literally slow down, no-wake. And when there's a no-wake zone, that literally means – no wake. So can you help us, Brian? Because I still see people <laughs> waking in an no wake zone and maybe, maybe they don't know what a wake is. Mm-hmm. Can you help us with what you should do in a no wake zone? Right. Uh, a wake is if your boat, if you look behind your boat and you are making waves behind your boat, if you are plowing enough to make waves behind your boat, then you are leaving a wake. No wake does not mean go slow. It means go so slow that you're not leaving a wake. And so many times I see people idling and they're plowing. They've mm-hmm. got the nose right. up a little bit and they're plowing and they're actually leaving quite a sizable wake behind them and they would not be living up to the no wake zone. So yeah. please drop the nose of that boat. Make sure that you are really... it's. It is really slow, but it's like the slowest idle in a bass boat that you can go to not leave a wake. Yeah. As soon as you start to raise that the, the bow up at all, you're going to be now making a wake and, and not honoring that no wake zone. And those buoys are there for a reason. And, and it usually is safety mm-hmm. or respect. People may have invested millions of dollars in the marina and the restaurant out on the dock and things are going to be torn up or people have worked hard to have these boats stored at this marina and they're going to get beat to snot and cracked and scratched and broken because we as boaters can't follow the simple rule of of not making a wake. So please be considerate. Uh, Realize that people aren't just putting those there to make your day worse and be respectful of other people's time and assets. You know, speaking of wake, there's actually lakes that restrict horsepower on your boat motor because... They want to minimize how much or the force of the wake that's that's impacting the waterway, the banks. Uh, yeah, all the waterway that you're going to be driving through. And so you need to know before you go, can I place this boat on this waterway? What's required? And is my horsepower okay? Um, so those are the things you need to know before you go, especially in the wake. Now, here's another one. This one 
man, it infuriates me. You know, this one actually technically isn't a law. Now, with inside of it, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up a rule here, but trash. Brian and I joke that we could survive. Like if you dropped us off and we spent a day walking around the lake, the mileage around the lake, that we could gather <laughs> about anything we needed. I mean, you could find everything from sandals to coolers to food. Oh, uh, we actually said if you dropped us <laughs> off naked. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we could fully clothe ourselves and then and then find food, fire, shelter, water. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Without much effort, I think. There is so much trash on the on the banks of many, many lakes. Yes. Yeah. Clean up, people. So Clean etiquette, like, that's where we're saying, like, pick up your trash. Now, the rule, though, is glass. There's a lot of places that don't allow glass. So you're not allowed to take anything glass, keep glass off the waterways. Um, and then when you get into cooler safety, they're going to really enforce, like, leakage, like any kind of, of leaking from your boat, really man-made foods, drinks, all those things. And so storing your food and drink properly. And then that gets into what I'm kind of considering trash here is, is your vessel containing the gasoline and oil correctly? Because when those things are leaking as well, that can that's illegal and you can get tickets and citations and stuff for that as well. So Ben, like we said, we could go on literally four days. There are pages after pages after pages of boating laws and rules. But if you can follow those few that we just went through, you're going to be able to keep yourself safe. You should know, and we'll cover a few of the things of what you're supposed to have in your boat. But we really want to make sure that you are staying safe and being respectful for other people. That's why we picked those few to cover. But there are also what I would call unwritten rules, especially when you start getting into the fishing world. And even if you're not a fisherman, how you should be treating fishermen. And fishermen, please hear me, how we should be treating non-fishermen as well. It leaves a bad taste in someone's mouth for all fishermen. They stereotype all fishermen together when one of them treats them badly. So please hear me on these next four or five that we cover. Um, this is really going to pertain to the fishing world. But man, I know they're not laws and I know they're not rules, but... Whoop, these, these really need to be followed. They really do. So hear me out on these. And the first one is cutting off a fisherman. What I mean by that is more people are out on the water fishing this time of year. People who only fish a couple times. People fishing in pontoon boats. People fishing in deck boats. Four or five people in one boat fishing will, will come up on us while we're fishing and cut us off. What I mean by that is there may be a row of docks. And clearly you can see where our boat is pointed or any fisherman's boat is pointed. Whatever direction the bow of a fisherman's boat is pointed, that is the direction that they're planning to fish. They are usually moving, especially bass fishermen. They aren't really staying in one spot very often. They are moving in the direction of their bow. So if you go out with someone fishing and they jump in ahead on a shoreline or a row of docks or a row of trees in the same direction as someone is fishing, please tell them that they should maybe go behind them. Please. It is so rude. You are not doing a favor by jumping ahead of a fisherman. Well, I gave them their space. No, they are planning to fish that way. Fishermen are eccentric. They make whole plans of, I'm going to fish from, from here to that tree, and then once I get to that tree, I'm going to jump over here and fish from that dock to that tree, and then I'm going to fish from this point to that dock. They have these plans in their head, and of course they can pivot and deviate. But if you slide in in front of them, 
then all the work and everything that they've done is is really out the window just because of a, a small little disrespect. So please, if you are wanting to fish a row of docks and someone is fishing it, go behind them or maybe even get close enough and say, hey, are you headed this direction or that direction? I'd like to fish this area too. I just don't want to cut you off. That will go such a long way because they're probably going to say, oh, you know what? I'm sliding this way, but maybe I fished right back there, but I saw a big bass on bed that I didn't mess with. Maybe you can catch it or something like that. It's just a little communication goes a long way. You know, the, the I guess my interactions is I do try to speak with the other boaters. Um, this spring we had, you, well, Brian, you and I were trying to catch some white bass and then we moved into trying to catch black bass. And while doing that, we had some other boats on the water and they were trying to, um, what's called grabbing, um, for spoonbill so they're trying to, to catch spoonbill and and so this boat had moved again we were moving um we'll just say we were moving upstream and this boat was about to cut us off and i kind of looked at him and i said hey do you care if we go around you now i had i felt like i had the right away like i was the one that was moving in the correct way and they were going to cut me off but just being respectful like I, I was like i'm not here to to say who's right or wrong let's talk and so i looked at him i said hey i want to head this way are you good if I go around you? And he was like, oh, yeah, go ahead. So he gave me the permission, right? Which, cool, great. So those are the kind of uh, things you need to do, especially when you're using trolling motors and you're, you're, you're fishing. You know, where you can't do that is when you are up on plane, you have two boats on plane, you can't, you know, you can't stop and talk. So the question is, which way are you going? How are you moving? And again, like we said earlier, always stay to the right and go way around the person. You know, Brian and I have been fishing out on points before. And we're fishing towards the point, towards the bank. And guess what happened? Here comes a boat. And they literally come right in. They cut us off by coming in between the boat and land. And we're talking, they may be in 10 feet of water. They could be in 5 feet of water. They don't even know how, what depth of water they're in. But for some reason, they feel like it's it's better because it's shorter distance to get wherever they want to go. When Brian, they should have went where? They should have went around behind us for... Yeah. I, <laughs> Way out around I'm going to pause on this one. I'm going to pause on this one because there's so much I want to address on this one. Having been a snorkeler, diver, fisherman my whole life, points are an area of life in a lake. There are always fish, there's always crawfish, and there's also always people. People like to camp out on points, it's access to deeper water. They're busy places, but there's also structure, rocks and trees. People, if you are going shallow across the point, points are shallower than most other areas of the lake. The water gets shallow really quick. Sometimes it's unpredictable on how shallow it gets. Depending on the water clarity, it is so dangerous to cut close to the bank on points. And I see people do it every single time we're out. Every single time we're out on the lake, I see somebody cut across the point with their big motor running too shallow. Mm -hmm. And I've dove them. I've looked at the rocks and stumps and humps and things that are out there. Please do not go close to the bank on points just from a safety perspective. The right. second safety issue, Ben, is... If someone else is coming down, say, a bluff or a bank line, another boater, 
and they're too close and you can't see them and then all of a sudden you get to a point and someone's crossing a point shallow, it is a t- dangerous T-bone situation. Really, right. both boaters are, are wrong because they're too close to the bank. Please just back off. Please. E- well, let, even let's, if say, let's, let's give a, a better picture. That was I, I understood you, but I want to make sure everyone listening understands. You have creeks that are running into you know, a river, right? And these creeks can be really large. So let's say that a boat's all the way up the creek and then you have someone out on the main river, on the main lake, and they're they're doing their thing, but they're getting ready to come to the mouth of this creek. We, the boater, if a boater's coming out of the creek trying to hit the main river and you have the other boat in the main river, and as they are both coming out at the same time, that's when you can have your T-bone. And what's so dangerous about it is it's really difficult when you're coming out of that cove, out of that creek, and you're coming back into the main lake or the main river, it is hard to see boats coming. So they should be on guard. Like mm-hmm. they are the ones that should be watching. It's like turning into an intersection. It's it's your responsibility coming out of there. However, those that are on the main lake should keep their eyes on a swivel and watching back and forth for any boats coming out as well. And if you're riding too close to land on that shoreline, that's really ignorant and perhaps stupid, too dangerous if you're, if you're up on plane going really fast because you do have underwater trees and then you could come in contact with another boater as they're coming out as well. It'd be like coming to a four-way stop and not stopping. Like They're just yielding, yielding but doing yeah. it really fast. Right. Yeah. It, it, they're... There are no four-way stops on the on the waterways, <laughs> yeah. but I'm trying to liken it to like how how you know I'll I'll use the word stupid. Yeah, I'll use it is. Well, let's, stupid. let's define real quick what's okay. stupid and what's let everyone know what is stupid and what is ignorant. Yeah, ignorant is truly not knowing doing yep. something maybe maybe that is unsafe or disrespectful and truly not knowing. Stupid is knowing and doing it. Knowing anyway. and doing it anyway. <laughs> that is stupidity. And, and, in logic, there's there's a whole line of logic that comes into that. But driving fast across a shallow area that you can't see well is stupid, and there could be somebody else going, and a lot of accidents happen that way. So please, back off other points whether somebody's fishing them or not. If somebody is fishing them, like Ben said, so many stinking times, I'm out on the point, I'm fishing towards the bank, and people cross between my boat and the bank close enough that I could cast a dang lure into the front deck of their boat. That's how close people cross. And you know that they know they're doing wrong because they won't stinking look at you. Look at you. <laughs> yeah, they, they turn won't their look heads. at you. They know they're oh. doing wrong. Oh, that's funny because they do. They will they will not look. They will not look. Some of them will wait until they're like really far away. And, and then, then they, they peek kinda, over they their shoulder. Quick peek back, like, like, is he mad? Is he mad? <laughs> now, it's true. I want to flip it. I want to flip it. The fisherman side. I've seen it. I've heard it. I've watched fishermen scream and yell and flip birds at the people that are doing this. I have been mad. Ben, you and I have been mad together. It happens way more frequently than it should, but we don't flip birds at people. We don't throw things at them. We don't scream and yell at them because at the end of the day, they are just fish. Nobody is getting hurt in those moments. Mm-hmm. People are being disrespected, yes, but at the end of the day, that is not worth the anger that you're displaying because... There's no point in disrespecting the disrespect. Correct. I mean... Dis- it, it doesn't make... Two rights don't make a... Right. Two wrongs don't make a right. Correct. So yeah. be the bigger person and 
smile and if they do look at you, smile and wave. Maybe they truly are ignorant and they truly don't know. Like I said before, so many people have access to boats now. They may have rented that boat and are driving in a boat for the first time and they got it 10 minutes ago and they don't know. Should they have enough common sense not to do that? Yes, but people don't always. Um, so turn the other cheek. If it messes up your school of fish, well, you know what? Go find another school of fish somewhere else. Right, exactly. Now, that's such a good point. And, and there's more that we could talk about on the respect side of that. However, I used to think it was common sense and... It just feels like that some of that's changing. It's almost like there are more so many people on the water now that it's easier for everyone just to turn their head and to to let the disrespect just happen. And you just turn your head and you just keep rolling on with it. And I don't know why that is. I, I guess because there's just that many more people on the waterway, I guess. But yep. when you look at, I have here in front of me, I have the 2022 Recreational Boating Statistics. And why I want to share this is because it, it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. So I have here what's called accident causes and conditions. And so this figure I have in front of me is the primary primary contributing factors for accidents of 2022. And the number one, the largest, which is like over 600 accidents here, is operator inattention. Okay. Then next comes up primary contributing factors of deaths in 2022. Number one is alcohol use, and number two is operator inexperience. Number three is operator inattention. And you just see some consistencies here. You have these people that either don't know how to operate, and they don't know the rules, and they're not even paying attention. I mean, it's just, it's like, it's it's all the same stuff happening over and over and over. And we're starting to see more and more of that on the waterway. Mm -hmm. And that's what's scary, and that's what's confusing. And there are... There's places that people can go rent boats, so they're they're they don't even own the boat, so there's there's no responsibility of like yeah. worried about hey this is my new baby this is my new boat either. Um, it's just I don't know. Just times are changing. Things are. It is definitely worse. If things like this have always happened, but it is pretty much every single time we're out on the lake now, at least one thing happens that we're like, holy cow! I cannot believe that person just did that. One from a disrespect standpoint. Two. From a safety standpoint, it happens all the time. Uh, my next point I want to talk about is really angler to angler. Uh, and talking about fishing points, and points are so popular to fish, is that a lot of times somebody may be off to the side of the point, or maybe there's a there's a row of stumps just off to the side of the point, and there's a fisherman out on it, but you've caught a big one on those stumps before. It is okay to roll up there to them, but please have the respect of asking, say, hey, I know you're fishing this point, but that little row of stumps right off to the side there, that's like one of my favorite spots. Do you mind if I throw in there a few times? Hope you're having a good day. Good luck. They may say, oh, yeah, go ahead. No problem. But just the fact that you ask goes so far. Be willing for them to say no. And when they say no, say, you know what? Appreciate it. You have a good day. They may be like, you know what? I'm fishing that way. I'm in a big tournament. I got one marked there that I'm waiting on. And, and then just say, okay, and let them fish it when they're done. Then you can slide in there if you want. But be willing to just have the respect of speaking to them. This isn't a federal state rule, but I really feel like, when we're talking about etiquette, I feel like we should be staying at least 50 feet away from all other personal watercraft. Any boat, any vessel, 
with your boat, you should be staying at least 50 feet away. You can talk to people still 50 feet away. Um, you shouldn't be coming by with your with your big, huge motor at 50 feet. We're talking like trolling motor, right? You're like, you're idling up, you're trolling motor up to them to ask them these questions. That's where the respect comes. There's just so many times that I see that people almost collide, almost have crashes, especially out on some of these main lake areas where other boaters are coming in, especially to the marina, the in and outs of the marinas, the the points, these ends, these these openings, these areas where other boats are, are setting and, and hanging out. And so if you're finding yourself having to get to have to get close to a boat, then no wake, idle up, use your trolling motor if you have to, but man, go above and beyond. Like it death hurting someone is just it isn't worth it. There there's just it isn't worth it. Now, Brian, I was telling you a little bit about the the deaths and all of that. There's another rule that we didn't talk about that I want to share here right now, and it is you should not be drinking and boating. Uh, at any point, you shouldn't be. No if, excuse for it. Right. If you are behind the wheel, no alcohol. Don't drink. Period. You know, there's. I think it's point zero eight. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't drink, so I only have to worry about it. But right. if yeah, you can get pulled over from drinking and boating, drinking and driving the boat. Um, so don't do it. That is a law. Do not do it. Yeah. Operating a watercraft and alcohol, it doesn't mix at all. And people will do it all summer long. Like it is the number one thing. It is the number one cause of of boater fatality. Yes. Alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. Get it out of your boat. Right. Get it out of your boat. If it's going to tempt you, then get it out of your boat. Don't have it there. If you have a drink, then find somebody else to drive your daggum boat. Don't drink and drive your boat. Correct. Now, I keep getting stuck on this Fisher one. I think maybe just because it's, it's so personal. <laughs> it does, yes. This this has never happened to me. I will say this. This has never happened to me, but I have seen so many videos, and I think people do it just for views and just for clicks, and that is a fisherman confrontation with a dock owner or a boat owner that has a boat at a dock. It is no lie Bass love docks. Yeah, it do. is one of the best structures for bass to be around right. 12 months out of the year. If you're having a bad day, you know what you do? You go find some docks and you catch a bass off of them. It, every bass fisherman knows that. Mm-hmm. There are so many videos out there of dock owners screaming at bass fishermen and bass fishermen screaming back. They have millions and millions and millions of views on YouTube they and do. TikTok and Instagram. I think some I are fake. So- I, I think some are fake. I am going to say that. Some may be fake. But there are a lot of real ones. I'm so tired of seeing them. <laughs> yeah. I'm so tired of seeing them, and here's why. The people that are screaming at the fishermen are wrong, and the fishermen for recording it and acting the way they act are wrong too. Mm-hmm. Pull up your trolling motor and go to a dock that has somebody that doesn't care if you fish there. Now, does the dock owner have any right to tell the fishermen that they can't fish there? No, they do not. And the fishermen... And all these videos, you're going to hear the fishermen say, you don't own the water. You don't own the water. You don't own the fish. And the anybody, it's it's America. It's a beautiful thing. Anybody can buy a boat and buy a dock slip. They work hard for it. They've got the money. They can do it. They have just as much right as the fisherman does to be out there fishing to have their boat at the dock. They don't have the right to say you can't fish here. However, I don't understand why fishermen have to argue with them and continue, you will see, they're they're still fishing right there where they just got asked not to fish. They're still fishing right there, arguing, saying, you don't own the water, 
I can still fish here. You don't own the water. You're right. But what is the point of stirring them up? Nothing that you are going to say is going to change that person's mind. So go fish somewhere else. Yeah, I get that. I think there's some maybe um, ignorance in this moment. There are some lakes that do not allow you to fish by certain areas. And what I mean by that is there are marinas that the rules state you cannot fish. You cannot fish in some of the marinas. Now, some of these docks, um, I know here locally, Brian, um, there is a rule that just went into place. I want to say it was last year I heard about it, but you cannot anchor within 50 feet of a dock. Correct. You can't anchor down and hang out there because I think it turns into like a party cove and Mm -hmm. people don't want party, you know, all these party boats next to their dock. And I think there's maybe some ignorance or some misunderstanding in that, that if a boat has a trolling motor and you're not anchored down, you can fish all you want to around that dock. You can. It's it's okay to do. But the moment you were to anchor down, that could be breaking the rule in some yeah. of these places. And so knowing knowing the rules, it's so important before you go. No. In most of the videos I've seen, the dock owner is the one that's truly wrong about the rules right. and the laws. Right. Well, because they have they have uh, probably put in some kind of fish structure. They've built this fish fish structure under their dock. They're wanting these fish to come in. They've worked hard to bring maybe, in these maybe crappie. Maybe or they bass. have a million dollar boat and they don't want somebody maybe, throwing their right. jig off. Yeah, of they don't. That could be too. They've got equipment on their dock. They're worried people might even come up and steal. But my my point is, if that's the case, say they say we'll say they have a million dollar cruise vessel, whatever it is, up in this dock. And they have maybe seen or heard somebody throw their lure off of it before. Yeah. So, bam, trust is broken. There is a division between this boat owner and all of fishermen now. The fishermen shouldn't have done that. Yeah. The next time if someone's fishing out there, they come out and they say, hey, you can't fish here. And now the fisherman's arguing with them saying, you don't own the water. Is that helping them build any trust back between the fishing community and the boat owner? Mm-mm. No, it's breaking. It's digging the hole even deeper. Mm-hmm. If that person were to just say, hey, you know what? That really is not the law, but I will respect your wishes and I'll go on down to this next dock. Now there's the, the needle has moved more towards trust in the other direction. <laughs> Why just continue to fish and argue with them? You're not going to convince them and you're only breaking trust between two different communities more than it was already broken. I don't get it. I don't either. Hopefully... Those people that are listening to this podcast and they're ready to have a change of heart. <laughs> Maybe so. Obviously, you could tell I'm a little passionate about it. Um, thankfully, it's never happened to me. If it does, uh, turn the other cheek. Go on. Turn the other That's cheek. Right. Go on. All right, Ben. I'm staying on the fisherman to fisherman thing here. Mm-hmm. This is one fisherman talking to the rest of the fishermen. We have the fastest boats on the water. A full decked out bass boat now goes 70, 75 miles an hour. Bass fishermen love to drive them fast. Yeah. I want to get from one spot to the other just as fast as you do, especially in a tournament. I want to get there before my competitor gets there. If you're out there on the weekend and there's people everywhere and it's rough, slow down. There is no reward for who gets there first. There's no reward for how good of a boat driver you are in in rough water conditions. Drive at 50, drive at 45. If it's a Tuesday and it's slick calm and there's nobody around, then by all means, trim down for what? Let her eat. <laughs> Let her eat. Let's go 75. Right, yeah. When it, when that water is glass, oh. it just feels so good to open up and just... Yeah. Let her ride. It does. It's awesome. I mean, I mean, burn some oil, burn some fuel when the opportunity 
arises. But if it's busy, then slow down again. Build some trust between the fishing community and the other people that are out there using the water, the recreation community, what you, whatever you want to call it. Be safe and build some trust. There is no point. It ain't the stinking Daytona 500. No, no. It's not. And you should be, again, we're talking about respect here, not always a law, but think about how can you truly serve someone else that day and be the most respectful and everybody's going to win. You know, Ben, I know <laughs> this is another place where a lot can go on, especially the busy time of year, but uh, that's the dang boat ramp. And I want to start with this one, and this is at the end of the day at the boat ramp. If somebody is nice enough to let you in their boat to go fishing with them mm-hmm. at the end of the day, offer them some money. Oh, you know what? I didn't even have that down on my notes. Give them 10 bucks for gas for the boat and the truck, and, and just, they took you fishing. Now, last week, did you do that for me, Brian? Did I, did you, did, what, Ben, did, we wrote the whole what? trip off on our business. <laughs> 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 I I mean, my, the same business that you work for uh, paid just, for the trip. Yeah, so. just okay. holding you accountable here, okay? Okay, okay. Okay. No, that is a good point. You know, back when, when I was fishing tournaments, we were doing that, that pro-am style, that wasn't, required you you didn't have to give somebody bow gas but it was that etiquette like every uh non-boater always tipped always gave a little bit of money to the boater because fuel and oil are expensive always are they're always going to be i don't know if there's ever a time where i'm like oh man this is cheap you know like it always costs money and so always helps yeah always give and that can go outside the fishing world too maybe somebody just took you skiing or tubing or out on the pontoon boat for the day Offer some money. You bet. Owning a boat is not cheap. It doesn't matter if it's a, a my trashed out boat that I rebuilt that yeah. <laughs> isn't even hardly a boat. It isn't cheap to own a no, boat. It, it doesn't matter the value of the actual boat. So please, if somebody's taking you out, taking care of you, have, showing you a good time, take care of them when you're done. You know, some people like, Ben, I don't carry cash. Well, then when they stop for lunch afterwards, buy their lunch for yep. them and they're good to go. Right find a way and if they say hey you know what it was an honor to have you i was going to go anyway don't worry about it then fine but at least offer it up it it is a huge sign of respect and guess what you're the person that they're going to call next time they go instead of their other buddy that doesn't pay you know i've got a i've got a quick boat etiquette here real quick that i've got to share right now it just came to my mind and maybe maybe somehow the pilot of this jet is listening to this podcast okay but i want to talk about etiquette here (laughs) I've been fishing before and I was in a boat. And when I turned around, I had a U.S. Air Force jet. I don't know what kind. I don't know what kind. But, Brian, this thing was coming right at me. Okay? I was scared. I really was. I didn't know what to do. I'm staring at this thing and it's like getting closer and closer and closer. Like the nose of this thing is pointed at me in my boat. And for a second, I thought, I'm going to have to jump. I'm going to have to jump out of this thing into the water and at last second this thing pulls up comes right over the top of us right over the top of the trees i mean loud and as it's going away and it's coming back up it's it's lifting up going back to the right it starts what i call waving and it goes left and right left and right left and right like yeah i saw you you and know like it was oh laughing. you know he oh, was laughing yeah because i was truly terrible i was like this this jet is about to crash on us like crash land on us but I think they were just having a, a fun 
fun day. <laughs> it, it was probably an ex-girlfriend that was like, I'm getting back. That's Whatever. all Ben down there. I'm getting Whatever. back at him while he's Whatever. fishing. I just, I've never experienced that before. That happened not too long ago. Me and my uncle, we were in the boat. And, you know, I what I found out is up in this lake, this region here, they do a lot of... Uh, yeah, training. Trainings. Yeah. yeah, and they were out just probably playing, having a good time, picking on the boaters. So if you are in the Air Force, don't be picking on the boaters. All right, people? <laughs> we're out there trying to have a good time, too. I will say when we started this podcast, that was not a tip that I saw no, coming. No, but it, I remember that I thought I was going to have to bail. Yeah. And I uh, bet they were giggling pretty big. Well, what are some things? Let's wrap up with... What do people need to do to stay safe? Laws, rules, things to consider, maybe things that aren't. You've got a list there of all the fatalities and accidents. We've been on the water enough to see some really terrible things. Let's just guide people through some of the maybe things that can go unforeseen or unthought of that they should think of that can keep them safe. You know, you have inboard motors. Uh, That's Actually, it's been probably two or three years ago now, but you and I have seen big huge boats on fire on the water I've seen you know? a lot of boats burn up on yep. the water and so venting is really important for for those um what do you mean by that well you know when you have a motor that's that's inside it's an inboard it isn't an outboard engine uh, it has to cool it has to it's it's in a box uh-huh. uh, it's in a boat i don't know how to share it more than that and it can definitely get too hot you have to turn the blowers on they have blowers in them um sometimes they are just sliding glass vents but at the end of the day you have to keep your motor within temperature. Yeah, you've got fuel and oil and mm-hmm. uh, a combustible engine with all kinds of gases and things going on. It is the number one cause for, for boats burning up. Um, yep. One, a lot of boats have built-in vents that have those types of engines. So run your vents, uh, run your fans, make sure that they're operable and that you run them before you start up your engine. If there is a compartment or a door that you can open, open it and, and maybe even fan with your hand, making sure that all those fumes and things are out of there. Sounds crazy, but I have seen some huge, huge fires yeah. and huge expensive boats burn up and sink. Um, most lakes have maybe one or two uh, fire boats, and it usually takes them, depending where you're at, a long time to get there. So if your boat catches on fire, uh, it's probably gone. It, there's not a whole lot they can right. they can do to save it, and uh, hopefully everybody in there has their life jacket on or can swim or both because... If you're in the middle of the lake and your boat's on fire, there's not much to do besides to jump and swim away. Yeah, I mean, maybe people think, well, it's on water, it won't. But I'm, I'm here to tell you the thing will burn down and then sink for sure. Right, well, yeah. yeah, if you pour gas in the water and light the water, it will burn. So uh, yeah. definitely don't think that, that it won't burn when it's on the water. You know, we talked about the life jackets and the throwable. Ben mentioned swimming, and I want to say this. If you don't know how to swim and you're going to be spending time on the water then you should learn how to swim. You yes. should learn how to swim. Should. Every single year, people drown here locally. That, that's what's crazy is how often it hits right here at home in the lakes and streams that are within a 30-minute drive of the house. Uh, I think we had two last week. Wow, yeah. If yeah. you're going to be spending time around water, then learn how to swim. Mm-hmm. Put in the time to do that, please. If you're going to be taking your children and spending time around water with your children, then please teach your children how to swim. Please teach them how to swim. It is so easy. Everybody thinks, oh, drowning, they're going to be slapping and screaming. It it can't happen. Drowning is nine times out of ten perfectly silent. You don't even know what's happening until it's already done. So please 
spend some time learning how to swim. The life jackets, make sure you got them, make sure you know how to use them, make sure they're accessible, make sure there is one for every single person that is on board the boat. Absolutely. Let's say that you can't afford it. Most boat ramps, most areas where most lakes where there's a boat ramp, especially when it's the core, they actually have free life jackets. Uh, They keep life jackets out of the boat ramp for anyone and everyone to use. And so (laughs) if you need a life jacket, reach out to them because they're giving out free ones all the time. And rightly so, because it is, it's a number one, probably the number two killer. Yep. Yep. Some, Some other things, if you own a watercraft that you really need to pay attention to are this. One, make sure your bilge pump is working. Boats so often are taking on water in little places. There's so many uh, screws and cracks and little holes and and boats leak. Everybody thinks, oh, it's a boat. No water gets into it. I'm here to tell you, I haven't seen very many boats that water doesn't get into. Make sure you have a bilge pump that is operable, that it's not burnt out, that the wire hasn't been chewed by a mouse. Make sure that if water is coming into your boat, you have a pump in there that can pump that water out so that you have time to get back to the shore before your boat sinks. That can save a lot of lives, uh, save a lot of insurance claims as well. Horn, make sure you have a horn or whistle that is operable. That is actually a law. Um, If your vessel is over 16 feet, which we even keep them in our kayaks when we go out on the lake because people, it's harder to see a kayak. And if I need to blow a whistle really loud so that a boat doesn't hit me, Maybe that's my last resort. I keep one even in my kayak. But make sure you have that horn. Um, There are foggy conditions, low light conditions when people are out on the water. You may need to use that horn or that whistle to let people know that you are there. Um, What else is there that that are really... Oh, fire extinguishers. Yes. Fire extinguishers. If you have a a boat, I don't know if there's a size restriction or not. If it has an engine, you should have a fire extinguisher. If you're using gasoline, like that's... I would say it's required. Otherwise, like you you don't have to have one for a kayak, but if you have gasoline, you definitely want to, uh, but you need to make sure that, that they're a functional fire extinguisher and that it's big enough for the size of the boat and the amount of fuel and and engine that you have. Uh, because again, it, it could save your boat. It could save a life by being able to grab that and put out a fire before it really takes off. You know, I'll add it in here. You were talking about life jackets. It's actually your responsibility as the boater to make for sure that you have the correct type of life jacket. There are some differences. There's inflatable. There's ones that once you fall in the water, it will engage and inflate. It's your responsibility to check those. Um, they do have to show that they are workable. If you were to be, able, if you were pulled over by water patrol, they may actually check. And so it is your responsibility to make for sure that you have the appropriate life vest type and size for the people in your boat. Absolutely. And make sure that, that you have one for every single person. That right. is that is a law. That is a rule. Uh, if you have 10 people in your boat, you need 10 life jackets. Um, and, of course, if they're under the age of 13, uh, they have to be wearing them. Otherwise, we would just suggest that you are. Um, now, Brian, I want to share. These are some tips and what they call the basic rules. Uh, but this is from our water patrol. This is from Missouri. And I think this really works nationwide, if not globally, right? But I want to share these really, really quick. Number one is practice good boatmanship. Okay. Number two is keep a sharp lookout. You, even if you're not driving the boat, you should be on the lookout. You know, Brian, when you and I are together, you're always panning and looking left and right, just like I am. Sometimes you'll see a a floater. Uh, you've got a cedar tree that's floating in the water, a big stump. 
you might see it before I do, and so you point it out to me. Third is maintain a safe speed and distance. Even if your boat, let's say your boat could go 100 miles an hour, if you don't know how to drive that correctly, especially for the conditions and the weather, then don't drive it safely. Also, this is kind of a, a little saying they say that I really like. It says, boat safe, boat sober, boat smart from the start, always wear a life jacket. If you could just remember those items, things we just talked about right there, you would be more safe than, well, majority of people out on the water. You know, Brian, I know we've talked about rules a lot. You know, we've talked about etiquette. And that's really where our heart is in this, I feel. And that's what this podcast really is, is just being respectful of other people. You know, the lake, no one person owns a lake. We're all blessed to be able to have a place like that. You know, on one of our last podcasts, our buddy Cody, he's from Cambodia. And and they don't even have lakes like we do that you can take boats out on and, and ski behind, right? It's just so different. And so we're just so blessed to be able to to be able to go out and, and recreate on on these waterways. And so know the, the rules before you go, know the laws, but also know the etiquette. Just yeah. be so respectful around, go above and beyond, be more respectful than, than what maybe you get when you get to go out. Yeah, I want to share a story, and it's really two different examples, one of what I think is the right thing to do and one of what is, I think, the wrong thing to do. Um, and it, it really is just simple respect. Ben, uh, two two trips ago, you and I were out fishing. We were on a, a gravel point. We were a pretty good ways out. We were fishing for some fish deeper, but we were very clearly on this point. While we were fishing, I was telling you, hey, man, almost every time I fish this point, somebody comes through here and drives between us and the point. Mm-hmm. As we look up, here comes a gentleman and his woman on a yep. jet ski. Yep. And I could see where their nose of their jet ski was headed. And I said, surely here not. they come. <laughs> surely not. And you go, oh, no, they're going to do it. And here they come right between us, right where we're casting and fishing. Yeah. They drive between us and they do the old not look over, not look over. They act like they're checking out the campsites and they didn't even know we were there. Well, let me tell you that they were close enough that I could cast my lure in. You could have hit them. I, I could hit them. Yeah. 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 I was. I actually casted before they came through. I casted farther. Um so far enough away from the boat that they had ran over my lure like yes yeah it was just crazy so to paint the picture they're between us in the bank and there was between us and the bank behind us would probably be like a half of a mile yeah huge and no other boats huge i mean they had so much room to go behind us and it would have been safer because they passed in like five feet of water. Right. So right. not that five feet of water isn't enough to operate a boat, but you're safer when you're in 40 of, of not hitting an obstruction or something and you wouldn't be disrespecting the people that are already fishing That's it. That's true. Right after that happened, a man was coming up the bank to the point in a kayak. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, Ben, should we give, should we go ahead and let him have the point? We're about done. And then we kind of looked and we're like, oh, he doesn't even have a rod in his hand. His rods are all put up. He's not really fishing. He comes up in his kayak. A fully loaded fishing kayak with with like six rods sticking up, a trolling motor. Right. His trolling motor actually is better than mine. Right. And let me tell you, because he was in a kayak, I would have been completely fine with him going along the bank and going in front of us. Right. I even was talking to you about letting him have the spot. He makes the point to go out into the main channel and main lake in a kayak and go behind us 
and around us. He kept a respectable distance the whole time, and when he went by, you know what he said? Hey, fellas, how's your day going? Hey, I'm sorry, I'm just going going past. How many of you caught today? He told us how he was catching them, and you know what? He gave us a tip, and we went and caught fish on what he said. That's true. He was so respectable, even though he was in a vessel that honestly probably would have had the right of way to go along the right, bank right? because it was safer for him. He still did the right thing and was conversation conversational and tip-giving as he went by when these other people were disrespectful and they were actually on a jet ski and didn't even look at us. You know, I wish I could start a a code of like honor for the lake. Like, example, those of us that love to fish, like the areas on the lakes and rivers, like – for sea uh jet skis, stand-ups, any of your personal watercraft, any of those small, like, single-style person, please be respectful to the fishermen from, like, daylight all the way up to, like, let's just say 11, okay? Because <laughs> I get it. At 11, noon, it's usually hot. It's summertime anyway. That's why these people are getting out in their cigarette boats and their wake boats and in their, in their personal watercraft, you know? Of a morning, please be respectful to the fishermen if you're a recreational boater. Let the fishermen do their fishing. And by, like, lunch, fishermen, go eat lunch. Go eat lunch. Get off the water and get ready to go back in the evening. And that's probably one of the best ways that we can all work together because there have been times, that example you gave, there are hundreds of those. You know, there are people that love to pester other people. I won't even get into how I feel about wake boats. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and some of the cigarette boats that are like just hauling, you know. But, hey, we all have the opportunity to use the lake. I do believe we can find ways to work together to to share the waterway. One more bad example of how not to act. You and I were out this week. We were out on a gravel point. We were fishing it, both of us. We'd been there fishing. We are kind of getting over to the edge of it. And here comes down the point, down the other edge, not fishing, on, they're not on plane. They're on idle with their big motor running. Mm-hmm. A fully wrapped, fully decked out bass boat, a guide. There's a, a guide. fishing guide. A local guide, correct. Like of all people, you should know the unwritten rules. You should know the code. You should know how to be respectful to other fishermen. Dude won't look at us. No, <laughs> at all. Like no <laughs> stuck in the screen. Like yeah. head down, don't care. Don't Gets want up him. from behind the wheel, puts the trolling motor down, and continues to come at us, we are fishing this direction. Like, we are fishing. We're going to fish where he just pulled where up he's from heading the other direction. Where he's heading where we're heading. Correct. Yeah. Same place. We're already fishing. He's not. Yep. Stops, puts a trolling motor down, starts finding fish on his graph, stares down, won't look at us, won't wave, won't ask, gets all his people that he's guiding up, gets in their rods, and starts fishing right there. Right. And so we really had no choice but to stop fishing and get up and move and go somewhere else. We could have said, "Hey, you scumbag! Why did you do that?" Well, we didn't it say felt a good. Word. I could have, I could have started the motor and got up on plane right next to them to mess up their fishing. Like right. I could have done that. That's 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 how they were close enough that we could have impacted them by going fast. But they gave us no choice but to leave. But to leave, right. so they made us leave, and we did. And I I I idled out as far as I could away from them. I was gonna. I chose to be more respectful than he was because again, we're trying to trying to do what we say we want other people to do and that's what we did but it's frustrating 
and we're not naming names. We're just giving examples to, to convey the message that it is a problem and that it is on us and on you to set the example and do the right thing. Even when people are not doing the right thing, it doesn't give us an excuse to return the disrespect with disrespect. Absolutely, Brian. Those are good points, man. We really do hope that you spend time on the water this year. I mean, spending time on the water, whether it is the creek, oh, so the stream, fun. the yes. lake bend, it is almost every time we go out, we're like, there's just not many places I would rather be. It is so much fun. It is so relaxing. It feels so good to be out there, whether you're fishing, tubing, swimming, or even just hanging out on the boat and, and cooking some burgers. We hope that you find some time to get out on the water this summer, get some friends and some family, encourage them to go out. If you are going to use a boat and you don't know how to use a boat, please learn before you go, mm-hmm. whether it's just listening to this podcast or, or getting your license, um, paying attention when they go over the rules when you rent a boat. Make sure that your focus is safety and respecting other people. If you have questions for us, or maybe you want to call us out on something we said here on this podcast, please reach out to us. We have Facebook, we have Instagram, we have TikTok. You can email us at m2boutdoors at gmail.com. We also have a Meant to Be Outdoors uh, podcast Q&A page on Facebook yes. that we'd love for you to be a part of. We, mm-hmm. we keep things up to date on there with, with each of our episodes that we are posting for the podcast. Whatever platform that you listen to the podcasts on, please hit the automatic download and subscribe button so that you're getting every episode that helps us. The more downloads, the better for us. Share with your friends and family that we've got our podcast and that we put out a new episode every single week. We hope that between now and next week when we come back with a new episode that you find time to get outdoors and always remember that you are meant to be outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.